and then this is interesting. Now, here we have. This is what we wrote. Now, this is what that looks like. Here we have a, we have a uh, typical legal vessel that runs across the background. Um, but where the would sit, there is instead a computer screen. We have a legal technology assistant standing behind who does nothing other than introduce them to a lira. Say, here is a Uh, 
core, the core problem in law is understanding words. We have, uh, well, uh, unlike other areas of, of um, other professions, we don't have much data in, in number form. What we have is a whole bunch of unstructured text. So anything needs to be built on searching through unstructured data. Now this is the first thing I built for Vero, um, a tax research, um, where Vero can uh, read through tax legislation cases, etc., and answer questions on them. Now, um, it's important, what I want to say here is that we're using natural language, not keywords. This is a Boolean search. Leora doesn't necessarily look for the same words. She reads through millions of documents and says, now based on that, I understand what these words mean, or um, have a semantic understanding, basically using fancy maps to understand what these words mean, and therefore I can answer questions or find pattern actions. You say, find me a document that looks like this, or find me a clause that looks like this, or answer me this question. Now, uh, actually our greatest implementation of this is for firms, law firms, um, um, who uh, every firm that I know has 30 years worth of precedents, um, advices, documents that you can, it's almost impossible to unlock with a keyword search. And so when partner leaves, with all of their knowledge user, we have this IP that's responsible. Um, so the only way of accessing that is through a semantic search like the Bureau. Um, obviously, the, the benefit for lawyers is that we reduce unbillable uh, research time. Now, Alira uh, was used by my uh, girlfriend, Sarah, who's sitting back, uh, to sit at the University Tax Lawyers. So Sarah's a student apologist. She has no knowledge or interest in tax law. And I gave her Alira and said, here are a bunch of questions. Uh, but here is the exam, so we're going to give us a and Systemized and packaged and commoditized and then automated. 
anything that can be put along that process will be automated. There are AI at the moment off the shelf that can gather facts from the client and organize them, give advice on discrete questions, write letters that are responsible in a confined field, negotiate terms within a certain bound, or make decisions based on agreed facts. That sounds like a lot of what we do as lawyers. This is available off the shelf today. Really, anything that we do in automatic mode can be done by machine. So when you're driving along, you're just not thinking about it. You're listening to some music. You don't need to be focusing on your driving on the Why not do that? Now, if you were deeply considering a novel area of law and, and competing arguments, that's really difficult for a robot to do. Someone called me, um, um, they said, I think it was wrong. And he 
he said, wait a second. This is just leveraging these people who know very little about, uh, about chess compared to me. And leveraging all that data and resources so they can, they can play against me. So if I had access to all of those records, I could easily be deployed. And so he came up with the idea of Centaur Chess, which we see in the, in the top, in the top frame. So a human plus a machine is the best chess player in the world. See, humans can see problems with the system and oversee them. We're not going to be replaced by machines. You see, the greatest part of the human brain is, is designed for understanding other humans. When we look at the moon, we see a face. When we, um, when we look at a technology that we don't understand, we imagine that it acts like a human brain. Or rather, it's like a silicon version of the human brain, like how Lighthouse or Terminator. Those concepts come easily to us. They're entirely false. Um, machine learning might be part of that, AI might just be a bunch of if this then that statements, which is not the same. Or it could be a complex algorithm that's, that's trained. See, I, now I was really pleased that um, we had Star Wars before. Um, if any Star Wars fans, I'm going to prove it. It's, it's, it's written in my slides. So, I think you should conceptualize the future of AI as like R2-D2. So R2-D2 can take the Death Star plans across Tatooine. You can repair this, they can repair the X-Wing and calculate hyperspace jumps, all complex things. But ultimately, R2-D2 plays second fiddle to Luke Skywalker, who is the hero who blows up the Death Star. So that's how humans interact with technology. We're their masters, they serve us. They can enable us to do really cool things. See, technology is like Tony Stark's Iron Man suit. It takes Tony Stark from being like an ordinary human up to being like a Superman, but still requires Tony Stark. And there are things that humans are innately better at and will always be better at. So philosophy, morality, empathy, charisma, context, choice, judgment, judgment. Humans are always better than that, and we enjoy that more. So, I have good, bad, ugly news. Bad news. Deloitte Access Economic Report says that 39% of jobs will be lost to AI. Now, no job is actually ever completely gone. There is one exception. In the last 100 years, the profession of elevator operator has gone completely. But they still have, yes, still have. But other than so, I mean, for example, no job is completely gone. What happened, like even typing calls still exist. There are still people who, um, who uh, create horseshoes and, 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 um, you can buy every single item from the Sears robot catalog from 100 years ago, brand new today. I have an Edifying, which is a, uh, a dictating machine from 1912, it uses wax cylinders. I can buy brand new wax cylinders for it today. Now, the good news. Technology is a shift in the supply curve. What this means is that we move from S2 to S1. 
So the production function has moved out. This means that we can create a greater quantity for a lower price. What that means is there is a shift along the demand curve. People's tastes and preferences haven't changed. Which means that they will demand more of a product. Now this is something that economists talk about, and I can tell you though, from actual fact, what happens when we provide technological automation for people who have demand to meet uh, a big need is that there is a massive increase in, uh, in demand for services. And, um, and it filters up. It brings people who are otherwise outside of the legal system into it. And they go, now we have a problem. How about identifying the problem? We can go see a lawyer. And the people that come at that, uh, that missing sort of middle, they would not have otherwise gone to see a lawyer. Now, 65% of our children would work in jobs that don't presently exist. Who could have thought that the Facebook app developer was a thing? Well, what, are, what are our kids going to do with your brain is going to do it for years now? And it's more interesting work. We don't, no one ever wants to be locked in a dungeon doing discovery or doing these reviews. Like, this is stuff that we're all should do. Now, here's the ugly news. There is no reason why existing service providers need to keep doing the same work that they do. That's an advantage and disadvantage. So my girlfriend can pass the Adelaide University Tax Board exam. We can have people from other professions take over what we as lawyers do. But vice versa. As lawyers, we could expand. Now this is just a, uh, the nature of disruption. Disruptive technologies are good or bad. They just disrupt, they change things. So, now I'm going to come to my uh, final slide before I do some questions and, uh, and then continue on with some ethics uh, if we've got time. So, how does this work in relation to the rest of the world? So, the main requirement for building legal technology is legal knowledge, which is what we all have. We don't need to be Silicon Valley. We don't need a whole bunch of you know, like a deep tech field. We can get that. No one else can have farming knowledge. There's huge un untapped potential. And particularly, this is this benefit for people who are currently cut out of the wall. This brings access to justice for them and brings more people along to following the rule of law, which we as lawyers are getting. 